I wanted to thank you, first of all, for tuning in to whether it be the YouTube channel or my podcast. This channel, what we're all about is learning, leadership, training, and, you know, things like guns, gear, and the great outdoors. It's pretty much what we're, we're about in a nutshell here at Adapt or Die. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, I suggest you check out my website. It's adapterdie.us. If you need gear, check out our affiliate programs. One is with Mountain Man Medical. It's a small company out of the great state of Colorado. They carry North American Rescue and all sorts of other good brands for medical equipment. And also encourage you to check out the coffee. We've got Invader Coffee on our website. So just a few of the affiliate programs that we're, we're running right now. I highly encourage you to check them out. Check out our website for courses and future updates. So with that said, thank you guys for tuning in. Let's get going with the video. everybody. I know it's been a minute since I have uploaded a episode or a video to either YouTube or any other platforms that we're on here at Adapt or Die. Today I wanted to do a little bit of a story time with Adapt or Die. While I was at the Joint Readiness Training Center, otherwise known as JRTC, I kept a journal I mainly summarized my thoughts and experiences up at the end because during most of the time prior to going into the box and while I was in the box, didn't really have too much time to write. With that said, in some of the different lulls while I was in the box and when we left the box, I took some time to take some notes so that I didn't forget some of my experiences and things that I learned. So with that said, got my handy dandy right in the rain that I took the notes in and let's get started. 20 June. It has been 12 to 13 days in the box so far. We are scheduled to leave within the next 36 hours at some point. The past three weeks have been very hectic. You should expect that when you go down to JRTC. The RSOI process during week one prior to entering the box was nonstop. If you're the XO or a lieutenant or a commander, this is going to be your experience during RSOI. If you're not and you're a Joe, be prepared to be on some work parties. Other than that, it might feel like hurry up and wait and a bunch of wasting your time. Hopefully your command, chain of command, doesn't do that too much. 
the RSOI process during week one. Prior to entering the box was nonstop. And if you're an XO, a company commander or platoon leader, this is probably going to be your experience at RSOI. It's very hectic. A lot of numbers are needed. Statuses of your equipment and soldiers throughout RSOI. Battalion's gonna want all that information. And that information is going to be changing all the time, so they're going to need updated as it changes in real time. So have fun with that. I was on the torch movement. So my group left early from Ohio to set the conditions for soldiers and equipment to arrive at Fort Polk, Louisiana. During the first phase, I directed most of the brigade's traffic into Alligator Lake. If you've been to JRTC, you know all about Alligator Lake. I enjoyed talking with the truckers, bringing equipment into Fort Polk. We talked about life, issues in the world, the weather in Louisiana, which I am not, was not accustomed to, and everything in between. I spoke to people from Russia, Somalia, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Turkey, and all sorts of other places. I talked to a man that was an interpreter from Afghanistan during the GWAT. I also talked to a man from Somalia about the United States and how he wouldn't want to live anywhere else other than the United States with his family. This guy had been all over the world. He lived in Somalia, left in the early 90s when that Black Hawk Down situation was going on, moved to Europe, and then later became a uh, member of a fish fishing boat in Alaska of all places before he became a trucker and met me It was very Good to talk to him and to be reassured that You know even though We seem a little divided right now to say the least in this country that he's seen it all from Africa to Europe He wouldn't want to live anywhere else but the United States. It means a lot to hear that from somebody that's been there and done that. Moving back to the story. Overall, the RSOI process went all right. Um, sorry, my writing is not perfect. When the main body soldiers started to arrive, the PX and the Pizza Hut, if you've been to JRTC, you know all about the Pizza Hut got insanely busy. The DFAC line ended up being about two hours long at times because the DFAC food is oh so good. The preparations for our campaign in Tigerland were firing on all cylinders. We entered the box somewhere on the 6th or sometime on the 6th or 7th. I can't exactly remember. My job as the XL became a lot simpler once all our cell phones were turned off, no longer would a text solve all your problems. You've got to figure it out on your own. Our comms across the battalion have been okay. At best. And abysmal at worst. That took a turn, didn't it? Blizzard and avalanche calls have thrown much of the battalion off at times. The system that we use for communications 
it's become a crutch that people send hundreds of messages on. Hmm, it's become the new cell phone, as it seems. My Prepo LMTV didn't have any radio mount or antenna, so I had to use a short whip antenna and hand mic, throwing that baby out the window. That was a good time trying to get, raise comms with my own company, let alone the brigade or the battalion. The weather has been another serious hurdle. Temps have been very high, 80 to 100 degrees, with nearing 100% humidity at times. With that said, it's been very dry, with a little breeze, depending on the day. We have had minimal rain up to this point. I've been very surprised at how little rain we had uh, gotten over the past three weeks. It has called for rain many times, but the weatherman has been wrong more often than not. The line companies have been hit hard by the humidity and the heat. Bravo Company alone had 50% of their company fall out to heat casualties. Alpha Company and Charlie Company have had much of the same. Oh, excuse me, 4 to 5K movements under nods with 60, pound plus, 60 pounds plus of kit through dense foliage and swamp will break down even the most seasoned units, let alone a guard unit that has very little rucking and PTing as a team under their belts. Deco and Golf Company were the only two companies that were mandated to wear body armor. That's because as a Deco, we were in vehicles and Golf Company as well. So we just cooked ourselves alive in trucks without AC. The combat shirt gave me heat rash almost instantly. That's the massive combat shirt. In case you were wondering, my experience was not so great with that combat shirt. After the first 24 hours, I switched it out for the hot weather top. The hot weather uniform is outstanding for you guys that are wondering out there that haven't already picked one up. Pick a few sets up before you go to JRTC because you're gonna need them. The hot weather uniforms are outstanding. I've only worn one, as well as a Under Armour hot weather t-shirt. I've changed my socks a bunch and worn a total of two pairs of pants. So my recommendation, bring a crap ton of darn tough socks, bring one extra hot weather uniform, and two Under Armour hot weather t-shirts. You'll do just fine there, as long as you're in the summer down at JRTC. Besides heat casualties, the other medical issues have been insect bites, a few pulled muscles, and a lot of poison sumac, ivy, and anything else like that. Troops have also been having issues with athlete's foot. Mm, take care of your feet. I recommend Dawn dish soap, okay, to get all those oils off from the poison sumac and poison ivy and cleaning your feet daily. Okay, useful things. I made a list. I'm going to just run down that list really quick. Zip ties, new skin, foam sleeping mat. I recommend the foam green old school ones over the blow up ones because they're multi-purpose. They dry out super quick and they do not deflate when you get holes in them because you will get holes in them.
Socks, good socks, darn tough socks is what I recommend. An extra uniform, eye protection with an extra pair because that first one is either gonna get broken or you're gonna lose it. A head net for at night when you're sleeping for that hour or two or three that you'll sleep max. It's good to just throw, be able to throw a mosquito net over top your boonie cap to keep the bugs from eating you alive completely. Baby wipes, shaving cream, razors, and I, like I said earlier, Dawn dish soap, bug spray, sunscreen. I have a Glock field knife that I really like that I think for $38 is a great value. Cuts things very well, especially those MREs that you gotta open. And uh, if you lose it, it's only 37 bucks. A good headlamp with extra batteries. One of those Garmin Fortrex 401 or one of the newer models, highly recommended, especially if you're in a leadership position. You need to know that 10 digit grid for those nine lines and everything else. A quality compass. So in this case, your government issued compass. Extra batteries, which I already said, but we'll say it again. A quality waterproof watch waterproof mat case, a cheap hammock, so if it gets destroyed, um, you know, you're not going to have to cry too much about it. Nail clippers, a camp chair, one of those small foldable ones, or an old school army woodland camo foldable chair. A bandana, your weapons cleaning kit, foot powder that you need to apply every day, morning and night, I might add. Illumination tape, chem lights, matte markers, a small mirror to check for ticks in areas that you could otherwise not see. Be able to check your face for scratches and things like that. Shaving, all sorts of fun stuff like that. A canteen with the canteen cup. I'd have at least two canteens per your packing list probably and the canteen cup is a lifesaver. Using it for Pedialyte drink mixes and shaving, all sorts of stuff. Like I said, Pedialyte mix, very, very important. Hot sauce, don't leave home without it, okay? Those MREs are gonna get old fast. Spices, again, MREs are gonna get old after you've eaten 10,000 of them. For those of you guys been there and done that, you know. Poncho and 550 cord for building the hooch. And I recommend bungee cords. Bungee cords make it super simple, easy to set up and tear down very quickly with some lightweight camping stakes from Walmart that are like a dollar a piece. I brought a backpacking tarp as well. Worked out really well for me. Just make sure it's not bright orange or anything like that. Got to be tactical. Got to be tactical. Um, I used a medium Alice pack with tactical tailor straps. Highly recommend the medium Alice pack if, if you can get away with it, if your unit will allow it to use an assault pack. I like it. Works really well. Without a frame, just pack it correctly. It's big enough. Super easy to organize. And... I think it looks cool, which is 
generally the most important. Two-quart canteen, extra carabiners, or snap links as we call them in the military now, right? Duct tape, trash bags, and that's everything on my useful list. What I didn't use, I didn't use my Wubby. It was too hot, didn't use it once. Extra underwear. I know, right? Just just bring one pair. You're probably not gonna need a ton, unless you have really crappy underwear. Hopefully not pun intended on that one. Extra admin items. Just bring what you need, don't bring extra crap. Expensive hammock. I did bring an expensive hammock. I hardly ever used it because I was afraid I was gonna tear into it. I did not wanna destroy my nice stuff at JRTC. Keep that in mind. I didn't use my bivy. Didn't use a large, ruck, large rucksack. I brought a the Airborne Ruck. It's the Molly 4000 is another name for it. Check them out, highly recommend them. I have a Tactical fanny pack. Didn't wear it because it was too hot. I wanted the least amount of stuff on me as possible. Extra boots. I didn't use them. Maybe bring extra insoles. I wasn't, I'm in a Delta company, so maybe you do want to bring extra boots if you're a light infantry guy charging through the swamps, but I'd think twice. Definitely bring extra insoles though if you're doing that stuff. Extra baby wipes. I only used one pack when I was in the box. So just make sure you've got good baby wipes that are unscented and you'll be all right. Just one pack, unless, unless you've got bowel problems. One thing I didn't mention uh, that I didn't bring that I would have been a good idea is a small first aid kit for the boo-boos blisters, anti-diarrheal pills, a leave, stuff like that. I did bring a leave and anti-diarrhea, but it's good to have it in a small waterproof container that's easily accessible. So some different field notes on equipment usage. I think that is important. Have a place for all bits of your equipment so you know where it is at night without light. So noise and light discipline is huge at night, even using your red lens. Um, you know, we're not doing coin operations anymore. We are doing peer on peer and the bad guys have nods. So we can't be using our red lens willy nilly at night. Light discipline is very important. In turn, we have to know where our equipment is at. So pack your kit accordingly and know where everything's at. So you can get it in the middle of the night. Have a good first aid kit. Hey, look at that, to treat cuts, your feet, rashes, hangnails, bites, and all that fun stuff. Take care of your feet daily and ensure your troops are doing the same. So when you're tired, whether you're a Joe, or you're a, a quote-unquote leader. I say quote-unquote because, you know, as a platoon leader, as a platoon sergeant, as a commander, you are a leader in the company. But 
as Joes and lower you know, specialists, people that aren't in a leadership position, you're still a leader. And we gotta look out for one another, whether you're, you know, Joe Private and you got another buddy that's a Joe Private, you know, make sure you guys are taking care of your feet. Sometimes your team leader, squad leader, platoon leader can't, you know, they've got, they're juggling a lot of other things and they can't be everywhere at once. So police yourselves, police your buddies up on all things, but right now I'm talking about feet care. It's very, very important, especially in wet environments, wet, hot environments like GRTC. Recommend drinking one to two gallons of water a day. Make sure you're consuming electrolytes in that Pedialyte and Propel, stuff like that. Cleaning hands, feet, body with Dawn dish soap or some sort of camp soap, that's, camp soap that is unscented daily. It's very important. Hygiene is paramount. Good hygiene. Good hygiene. Secure equipment under retention and dummy cord, your compass, your garment, your knife, as in your pocket knife, you know. Canteens, all that stuff, because when you're tired, it's super hot out, it's dark, you're going to drop something and you're going to lose it forever. If that's a sensitive item, everybody's going to have a really, really bad day. Don't be that guy. Radio and comm set up in, in your truck, if you're in a Delta company, needs to be squared away. Have a system, whether it's an SOP or your own system in your truck. Have it organized. Know where your reports are, your nine lines, your salt reports, all that stuff. Have it organized so you can know where everything's at in your truck. Very important. If you don't forget, excuse me, if you don't remember anything else from this video and you're going to JRTC, don't be a surface shitter. That's the most important point of this entire video for some of you cats out there. Don't be a surface shitter. Moving on with the story. Our missions have been mainly attacks with a view defense defensive positions. The attacks have felt lacking. And unfortunately, we have not synced our movements and combat power. This is from my perspective, okay? Just one man. The weather and conditions on the ground has slowed down the foot soldiers. Deco has not been used as a hunter-killer element, but more of an MP asset escorting other units throughout the battle space. So, if you're a commander, if you are a company commander or a battalion commander, my suggestion would be to use your Delta Company to your advantage, hunting down those enemy armor elements. Not escorting your 
smaller elements around the battle space. But what do I know? I haven't been to War College or any of that fun stuff. The TLPs have not been executed because our timeline has been extremely limited um, in regards to company planning. Missions have been super hasty and lacking in detail across the operation order since we really didn't get an operation order at our level or really any time to plan. Companies and platoons haven't delivered a single op order to their respective units. In my view, that's a problem. The one-thirds, two-thirds rule comes to mind. Our command team has been on the same page at the company level in regards to our mission set and the or excuse me, the commander's intent from battalion. Issues with comms have severely have severely hampered our reporting and our overall communication during all phases of the operation. One thing that maybe our command team did a little too much was overexpose key leaders during engagements. So the command, this is what I wrote specifically, the command has potentially overexposed themselves during engagements. As a key leader, an early death in an engagement hurts the unit unnecessarily. That's just what I wrote down at the time. Let me know what you think about that. I know leading from the front is important, but dying as a key leader is gonna mess stuff up for the operation, potentially. During my time down at JRTC, I got a message from the Red Cross saying that my wife had emergency surgery or was going to have emergency surgery the following day. Didn't tell me what, didn't tell me why, just said that she was gonna have emergency surgery. Kind of freaked out. I eventually got in contact with her and got the situation figured out. She's doing okay. For the sake of the video and our own you know, personal privacy, that's as far as I'm gonna go with that. But make sure you have your Red Cross information filled out so that if a family emergency comes up, you can be prepared and your family can contact you if and God forbid when that happens. The first two days of reverse RSOI have not been bad at all. Compared to Torch, RSOI and the field, this is a vacation. With that said, our supply sergeant is super busy getting equipment turned in, SI accounted for, and everything in between. As the XO and, and supply sergeant, you're gonna be working pretty hard to ensure that all your equipment's accounted for, it's cleaned to standard, any of uh, you know, 2404s, 1750s are all filled out to standard, and your stuff's ready, packed up, ready to go to get back to home station. 
The first shower I took yesterday was pretty glorious. Yes, it was. A fresh shave, toothbrush, clean uniform, does a man wonders. I had hot chow yesterday and pizza hot today. So I've been very spoiled. Today, I also got a snow cone. This dude, the snow cone man at JRTC, is the man. So if you are down to JRTC and can get a snow cone, I recommend the Warrior. That is the flavor that I highly recommend. And as uh, this gentleman said, it's so good that it would make a puppy dog pull a freight train. Apparently that's a phrase they use down south. Pretty awesome. This time away from family makes me appreciate them so much more. Every aspect of our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of it. It's part of the process. Working together through the tough times, good times, and sometimes the stagnant times. I wouldn't want to experience any of it with anybody else. Family is important, guys. Whether you're in the service, you're a first responder, have a hectic work schedule, or whatever it is, you gotta dedicate quality time to family. Tomorrow, unfortunately, is not promised, and we gotta let each other know that we appreciate one another. My final full day here at Fort Polk. Tomorrow we'll be leaving around 1,100 hours to make the 20-hour bus ride back to Ohio. On this day, I went to sick call. I had some shoulder issues and some feet issues. For my soldiers out there, I highly recommend that you don't be a sick call warrior, but if you have a problem, make sure to get it documented so that you don't get shafted on the back end when you decide to get out and you've got serious medical problems re resulting from your time in service. Get that stuff documented. Take care of yourself physically and mentally. Today was the last day for me to visit Ronnie at the Snow Cone Shack. That was his name. I truly believe God put Ronnie in my life for a reason. We talk snow cones, life, the army, and our faith. We had a great conversation, and he talked to me about growing a business, and he said he would keep my wife and I in his prayers, as well as my business. God's, God puts people in our lives for a reason. My faith is the most important thing in my life. If you guys ever, you know, want to shoot me a message talking about it, feel free. I'm not going to preach to you too much, at least, about my faith. All you need to know is that I love Jesus, and if you ever want to talk about Jesus, just let me know. My ears are open. This is my last entry for JRTC. One amazing opportunity 
to train with some awesome soldiers in a miserable place. See you later, Tigerland. It's been fun. So that overall, and now I'm visually looking sweaty. It's warm in the apartment. Don't have the AC on, and it's hot here in Ohio. Not quite as hot as GRTC, but it's still pretty toasty. With all that said, guys, my experience at GRTC was pretty awesome. Have a lot of good soldiers in our in our company, in our battalion, that are great to work with. I learned a lot as an XO. I'm, I'm a new XO in our infantry company, and there's a lot to learn. With that said, my NCOs, junior leaders, my company commander have all been great to work with. And if you guys are out there and you maybe don't have leaders that seem to care too much or are toxic, because unfortunately there are those, those soldiers out there that, that aren't so good at leading and don't have maybe the values that they should as a soldier, you can learn from them too. You can learn what not to do. Overall, it's been my intent of this this video, this podcast, to give insight to GRTC and your potential upcoming experience there to Joe's and what they should be taking with them, to junior leaders, maybe some things you haven't thought about, issues that are going to come up that you can potentially anticipate and prepare for a little bit better than we did, and maybe senior leaders at the battalion and company level thinking about TLPs, that one-thirds, two-thirds rule with planning, and thinking about movements with soldiers on foot and dense vegetation and, and maybe mitigating that risk in regards to heat casualties and other injuries. Things to think about. With all that said, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hope you enjoy the podcast if you're listening to any of those on any of those platforms. Here at Adapt or Die, we're all about learning, all about training, and all about leadership. If if I can help you be a better leader, then it's a win-win for me. Okay, and maybe you might even enjoy the podcast or the video. And I might even learn something from you guys in the comment section. That's a good day. So with all that said, I appreciate you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Adapt or Die, reminding that you that if you're not always prepared, whether you're in the Army, a first responder, or responsible citizen, then you're never prepared. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.